Amen. You may ask me sometimes, and Dad, why you ask Brother Bobby to pray every time? I'll tell you why. First of because I like to hear him pray. <laughs> and the second thing is, when he prays, it's just him and God in the building. He, he's not worried about anybody else. And that's the way I want to pray whenever I have to pray as well in front of folks. I want it just to be me talking to God, not me trying to impress anybody with the way I pray. I've heard some pretty fancy praying that got nowhere. And I've heard some folks that just got to the point when it was just them and God and the Lord moved. Amen? So that's what I appreciate uh, tonight. This same spirit, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4, let's read it in the Amplified Version. It's real amazing to me how with the King James Version, when you look at the Amplified Version, they could take a two-word uh, prayer and turn it into a 60-word prayer just because they like to break down the Hebrew and Greek things. I'm a big Amplified Version fan, so let's just read uh, it in the Amplified Version. The Bible says, Now there are distinctive var- var- varieties, Lord help me speak, and distributions of endowments, gifts, Extraordinary powers distinguishing from certain Christians due to the power of divine grace operating in their souls by the Holy Spirit. That only means that, guess what? There are diverse gifts. You read those gifts in the Scripture, the gifts of healing, the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, so on and so forth. We are the body of Christ, and He, the Holy Spirit, gives certain gifts to individuals to operate in the church, amen, so that we are the church. We're operating as a church in different gifts. Uh, there's gifts of healing, like I said, uh, the, uh, and others that are in there. And one thing that Brother Tyler shared with me years ago, Brother Lamar went into their youth group, uh, and uh, he had a he didn't really ever go in there, but he made a special stop. Now, I just want to share this with you real quick. He went in there and he said. I want you to raise your hands if you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Now, I'll tell you right here, apparently there's some kind of mechanism by the enemy that's trying to convince people in the church that you can be baptized in the Holy Ghost without the evidence of speaking in tongues. That is not what the Scripture says. It says it is the initial evidence of being being baptized in the Holy Ghost. Amen? And I've debated with folks when I worked at Roper back and forth, back and forth about this, about what initial means. You know, we went around and around and around. And I'm like, listen, the Bible says, this is what Scripture says, that it's the initial evidence you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost is when you speak in tongues. Amen? I know a lot of people get tripped up on that and they worry, but that's what the Scripture says. And I know in my own personal life, whenever I was seeking the baptism, uh, I spent a long time, probably over six months, just wrestling. I kept praying, oh, Lord, I just want the genuine and the real thing. I don't even know I was praying that. Uh, God, of course, when you're seeking Him, He's going to give you the genuine, the real thing when you seek His face. But I just kept praying. That's what I was praying as I was seeking it. Lord, I want it to be real. I want you to make it real to me. Amen. I want it to be alive in me. And the only way I can explain... When that happened to me when I was 12 years old was that I had no control over it, but it was controlled. Amen? Whenever that, I was baptized in the Holy Ghost. And when that happens, you're going to speak in a language you don't understand. God understands. Amen? And we know, as Paul said, there, he didn't have understanding whenever he prayed in that language. And we understand that. 
My brother Lamar asked me, he said, how many of you have been baptized in the Holy Ghost for the evidence of speaking in tongues? The majority of the classroom raised their hand. He said, that's great. Now, how many of you are seeking the gifts of the Spirit? And no one raised their hand. And brother Lamar said, that's what I thought. We have a problem. Amen. You've been baptized in the Holy Ghost. You've been given power to be a witness in the world. Amen. A power to be a witness in the world. If you don't believe it or not, I got to do the brotherhood at North Somerville years ago. And I prayed and asked God, Lord, what do you want me to speak to the brothers over there about? I've been there before. I sing for them. I know all of them. I was like, what do you want me talking about? He's like, I want you to talk to them about speaking in tongues. I said, well, that's great, God, but I can't do that because it's a Baptist church. I was like, they will run me out. He said, you're going to talk about it. I was like, God... I can't talk about it. I said, I cannot do that. I can't. I said, I'm not going to go in there and hurt those guys' feelings. I said, I feel like if I do that, it'll hurt their feelings. He's like, I'm not worried about their feelings. I'm not even really worried about your feelings, to be honest with you. I want you to be obedient to me. I'm giving you an open door. I said, okay, that's great. Where's the door? Wouldn't you know it, the Southern Baptist folks had just voted in their general assembly to allow their missionaries. Now, I don't know why they have to allow them. To speak and pray in a prayer language, speaking in an unknown tongue. I had that article in front of me, and I said, "Well, there's the open door." I went to the southern. I went over there. I said, "Brothers, don't run me out. Don't, you know, just shut me off. Just listen to me for a half second right here. This is what your folks have done. Did you know it? They didn't even know it. It was news to them. And I gave the article to them. I said, "I just want to share with you about this." how God operates, and I was able to do that and speak to them about that. I believe in my, and this is just my opinion, whenever we're baptized in the Holy Ghost, that's just the beginning, ladies and gentlemen. God has more for us to do, amen? He has gifts and a diversity of gifts to give to us to operate in the church and outside of the church, amen? As one gift that Dad's been talking about here lately is the gift of healing. That's one that's very uh, close to me, you know, it's something I pray for. I, I seek those gifts. Lord, which one would you like the Holy Spirit like to give me so that I can operate in the church and outside of the church and the power of that gift that you would have me to have? Amen? I seek those things, you know, and the Bible tells us to seek those things. We know of folks that have had a diversity of gifts in the church and they've used them through the power of the Spirit. But once Great fact, and this is what the Lord wanted me to share with you tonight. This spirit that operates in us, that we were just worshiping in just a few minutes ago, that was just ministering to you, is the same spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, Brother Ben, what do you mean? Well, it's the same spirit. It's the one that knows the past and it knows the future. He knows the past. And He knows the future. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit is 100% God. This is one thing I have, a, before I go in a little further, I have trouble sometimes uh, getting our teenagers, sometimes our young adults to understand that. And I ran upon one thing that I used to illustrate the Trinity and why I can say that God is a Father, He is the Son, and He is the Holy Spirit. They're all three in one. The Old Testament word is Elohim, three and one. And we have a very uh, huge substance on this planet 
that is the same thing but yet can be three things, and that is water, ladies and gentlemen. Water is always hydrogen to oxygen. It never changes its molecular structure. It is always two hydrogen, one oxygen. That is water. But water can be three different forms. It can be a liquid. It can be a solid. It can be a gas. You, we got liquid water all over the place. If you need to get a drink of water, you just go to the water fountain, you hit it, there's liquid water. If we were all to get in a plane and go up north, we could see a lot of frozen ice. Solid. Second form. With these dog days we've been having in uh, August here, if you wash your car and you go out and it's in the middle of the day, guess what's going to happen? When the water hits the ground, the sun's going to make it hot. It's going to evaporate. But it never changes what it is. And that's the way I explain the way God the way God is. He is Father, He is Son, and He is the Holy Spirit. We look at whenever He was baptized, we have the evidence of that. When He's baptized by John, the Son was in the water. The Holy Spirit ascended on Him as though a dove, and the Father spoke. All three in one. Amen. This is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit has a job. It has a purpose. Amen? And, but it, and we want to know that it's the same Spirit. It knows the past and it knows the future. In Genesis chapter 1, uh, verse 2, and I love this verse. I go to it often. I think about it a lot. The earth was without form. It was an empty waste. And darkness was on, upon the face of the very great deep. Listen. The Spirit of God was moving hovering, brooding over the face of the waters. Amen. Before there was ever creation, guess what? The Holy Spirit was moving across the face of this planet. Because life does not come into play at all unless the Holy Spirit is there. So here we see the Spirit of the Lord moving on nothing on emptiness, and something's about to change. Amen? This same spirit that you were feeling as we were singing that song just now is the same spirit that was moving over nothing before this was ever there. you got to realize that. You've got to know it. You've got to embrace it. You've got to take it in. You've got to believe it. This same spirit that we felt in this, in this house today, and we're going to continue to uh, this evening as we pray, as we've speak the word in spirit and truth, amen, is the same spirit was there in the beginning. And wouldn't you know, it's the same spirit that knows the future. In John chapter 16 and thir verse 13, the Bible says, but, but when he, the spirit of truth, the truth-giving spirit, comes, he will guide you into all truth, the whole full truth. Did you know you can know the truth tonight? There's so many people out there that don't, they, they try to make something up. The Spirit of the Lord is what leads us and guides us into all truth. You can know the truth, amen. And I know a lot of us, we have, there's different denominations, there's different, I mean, there's a slew of them. And I get a little lost in it sometimes. There's people that feel different ways about things. The Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. Amen. We've got to ingrain that in the, in the hearts and lives of ourselves and our children to be guided, to recognize and know when the Holy Spirit is moving and to move with Him. Amen. 
For he will not speak his own message on his own authority, but he will tell whatever he hears from the Father. He will give the message that has been given to him. He will announce and declare to you the things that are to come that will happen in the future. Amen. There's one thing about this spirit. He was there in the beginning. He will be there in the end. He's part of the Trinity. He's part of the Godhead. Amen. He knows all. So I believe we just need to trust Him. Be obedient to Him whenever He deals with us. Amen. I don't know about you. When the Holy Ghost starts dealing with me about something, my heart starts pumping pretty hard. You know? And I and I check with the Lord. Lord, is this what you want me to do? Amen. Is this what I feel the Holy Spirit leading me? I feel you tugging on my heart. Amen. You spoke something into my heart. You spoke something into my mind. And my heart's racing because I know it was you. The Bible says that his sheep will know his voice. Amen. And they'll be obedient to it. This spirit that we have inside of us, it knows the past. It knows the future. It knows what's going on. We can trust the Holy Ghost. Amen. And there's also no equal to anybody who has a spirit in their heart and life. In Genesis chapter 41 and 38, we get to hear Pharaoh declare a very awesome statement about Joseph. We all know what Joseph's went through. It's terrible. There was nothing good about that. His brothers sold him into slavery. They threw him in a hole. They lied to his father. He's in slavery. He goes to Potiphar's house. Potiphar's wife is crazy. We know the story. Then he goes to jail. All the whole time, Joseph holds on to his integrity continuing to believe in the dream that God had given him all those years ago. Amen? Sometimes we got to realize, and Dad just preached this, we are going to face hardship. The Bible says to do it as a good soldier. Amen? Amen. Do it as a good soldier because the Spirit's going to help you. So here Joseph is. He finally gets into Pharaoh's uh, palace, and he speaks truth. The Spirit of the Lord instructs him to tell Pharaoh what his dreams have been. And this is what Pharaoh says. And Pharaoh said to his servant, Can we find this man's equal? Pharaoh stands up and says, Is there anybody want to go up against this guy? We can't find... I'm Pharaoh. I know everybody. And everybody knows me. Can we find this man's equal? A man in whom is the Spirit of God. Pharaoh, a heathen Pharaoh, recognizes right off the bat and says, Joseph, there's there's no equal to this guy. He has the Spirit of the Lord in him. Can I tell you something tonight? There's no device made by the enemy or this world that can stop you. You have the Spirit of the Lord in your heart and in your life. Amen. You can say, well, Brother Ben, I haven't been baptized in the Holy Ghost. Amen. You have the spirit of adoption. Whenever you opened up your heart and life to God and Jesus came in, the Holy Spirit came in with him. And as Brother Doug says, he brought a lot of stuff when he did. He brought a lot of stuff with him. They pushed a lot of stuff out and brought a lot of stuff in. Amen. Amen. You have that spirit within you. The spirit that was brooding and hovering over this planet when it was nothing, the same spirit that Jesus told us 
was coming to instruct us and would tell us things about the future. Amen. And we saw that that happened as well in the New Testament. You know, we got revelations. We know what happens at the end of the book. Those men were moved on by the Holy Ghost to write those words. Amen. And this same spirit is the one, ladies and gentlemen, that's in you. It's the one that was moving just now as we were singing. It's the one as you were worshiping. Amen. How many people know what it usually takes? Usually you ain't feeling nothing until you stand up and just get obedient and either raise your hands or start clapping your hands or you begin to just go ahead and tell God how you feel about him, how wonderful he is. It ain't two seconds after that when you do that. Guess who shows up? The Spirit of the Lord. What is he? He's coming along because, you know what? That's what he's all about. Amen. Is worshiping God. Here he comes. And you feel that feeling. There's no feeling like that. There's nothing in the world that can replace that. Amen. I know sometimes, guys, I get beside myself when I'm playing. <laughs> I, it, don't, it happens every now and then. I can't help it. I got to put the bass down and just start worshiping God. Amen. Uh, whenever Brother Greg and them start singing some of those songs, and I love choir songs. And this is this morning, during, uh, we talking about Colossians. Uh, chapter 3, and it talks about singing spiritual songs. Why do we sing? The Bible tells us to sing, amen? So I say we need to sing. I don't care if we sing one now, we preach, and then we get back up here and sing another one. It don't matter. Let's worship the Lord, amen? I, I say we worship God in spirit and in truth, amen? Uh, also, Exodus chapter 30, 31, about this spirit, it's sacred to the Lord. And say unto the Israelites, as God speaking to Moses to tell the Israelites, This is a holy anointing oil, a symbol, right down there in front of me, of the Holy Spirit. God says, It's sacred to me, alone throughout your generations. Why do we anoint people with oil? It's a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's what the oil is. It's what it represents. And God here in Exodus says, it's sacred to me. Do you want to know what the word sacred is? When you look it up, the first thing that you see, it's connected with God. That's what sacred means. Amen. This Holy Spirit that we have is sacred to God. It's connected to God. And I'm glad to report also that it possesses and stays with us now. And Judges chapter 6 and 34 but the Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon with himself, praise God, and took possession of him. How many wants the Holy Spirit to do that for you? God, I want you to clothe yourself, clothe me in your spirit and possess me and have me. Amen. And what did Gideon do when that happened? He blew a trumpet. Amen. And the clan of Abazar was gathered to him. The Holy Spirit clothed him, possessed him, had him. He used him in a mighty, powerful way. We know the story of Gideon. Amen. Not only that, there, there's this, this Holy Spirit knows the past, it knows the future. When you have him in your heart and your life, there's no equal. It's not you, ladies and gentlemen. It's God that is in you. Amen. There's no equal to God. Moving, he can do anything through any one of you, ladies and gentlemen. You've got to believe that. He can use you in ways you cannot imagine. It may be just you that's at the 
hospital whenever the individual has been given no hope. Dad might be gone. Brother Kevin might be gone. I might be gone. It might just be you. I'm here to tell you, you can have confidence in knowing the same spirit that is with you can move through you and minister to other folks. You can pray, believing, and God can move. Amen? You've got to believe that. You've got to know it. You're part of the church. The hand is no more important than the foot nor the eyes, what the Bible says. We're all part of this church. Amen? And the Holy Spirit can move through you to do wonderful, miraculous things. Brother Messer says this, The wonderful supernatural events in Scripture were done all because men could think the thoughts of God. All you've got to do is think the thoughts of God. Believe in your heart. Amen. It's not you. It's God moving through you. Amen. It's His power. He receives the glory. If you ever want God to move in your life, say, Lord, you receive all glory for this. I want you to receive all honor. You will receive all praise. You will be given all worship. I don't want to have nothing to do with it, Lord. I want it all to be you. God will move every time. <laughs> he will. Amen. This Holy Spirit also speaks in us and by us. David's last words in 2 Samuel chapter 23 and 2, David said, The Spirit of the Lord spoke in me and by me, and his word was upon my tongue. That's what David said. The Spirit of the Lord has been spoken in me, and I'm going to speak it. Amen. You have the words of life, ladies and gentlemen. You do. You can speak those words to folks' lives, and they will hear you and listen and accept this Savior. We don't have a lot of time. Amen. Be the hand. Be the foot. Be the church. And speak that word under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Whenever I'm talking to somebody about God, and I know they're either on the fence. By the way, the devil owns the fence. Does anybody know that? <laughs> you know, Jesus one time walked up to a guy that was sitting on the fence and said, I want you to come with me. Believe in me. Nah, I'm okay. I'm just sitting on the fence. I'm fine right where I am. Okay, well, you know, I'll be back. Devil come along. Hey, why don't you come over here on this side of the fence? Oh, no, 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 no. No, I'm not going with you either. I'm just going to stay on the fence. I don't want to have nothing to do with him. I don't want to have nothing to do with you. I'm just going to stay right here. I'm fine. Devil said, perfect. Stay right there. Don't move. That's exactly where I want you. Sure enough, the end of the guy's life came. And devil came up to him and said, all right, man, it's time to go with me. He said, no, 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 no. I told Jesus I didn't want to have anything to do with him. I told the devil, I told you a long time I didn't have anything to do with you. The devil's like, yeah, I know, and you stayed right there where I wanted you to, and you never realized that I own the fence. Fence belongs to me. You're coming with me. There's a lot of folks out there that it scares me to death. It really does. It terrifies me for them. They don't make good sinners. But they don't have Jesus in their heart. They're good people. They give blood. They do great things. But can I share a huge spiritual bomb that went off in me? It wasn't the evil part of the tree of good of evil that appealed to Eve. It was the good part that appealed to Eve. Satan didn't come to Eve and say, 
hey, I got an idea. How about me and you get together, and we're going to go to war with God, and we're going to overthrow him. What do you think? That wouldn't have flied with her. She'd have been like, you're crazy. He created everything. It wasn't the evil part of the tree of good and evil that appealed to Eve. It was the good part that appealed to her. That's the part that Satan used to deceive her and Adam. Surely, the first lie that ever was spoken was, surely as God said. And as God said that, I don't think that's really what God meant. No, that's what God meant. It's that good part. I know a lot of folks, they come, some of them, you know, I see them every day. They're good people. They don't do wrong. They treat their children right. They do right. Jesus Christ is not in their heart, though. Brent, are you saying that sometimes good people go to hell? Yes, I am saying that. You do not go into that kingdom. You do not go in that city unless Jesus Christ lives in your heart and is Lord of your life. It doesn't matter what good you've done. You have to compare it to the cross, ladies and gentlemen. Can anything be compared to what happened on Golgotha's hill? The Son of God separated from His Father. The only moment in history of time that will ever happen. And the reason why He was separated was because all the sin of the world that ever was and ever would be was put on Him in a moment of time. And that trinity I was talking to you about was broken when the Father looked away from the Son. And Jesus said, having done no wrong, Lord, why do you forsake me? You can't compare anything to that. No good that we do can compare to what Jesus did on that cross. Amen? No good that we can do can compare to that. And as he gave up the ghost, God's finger rent that veil in half, and the Holy Spirit, what was in the Holy of Holies, came out. And now it resides in our hearts. We are now the temple of God. Amen? I have in my soul, my spirit right now, Jesus lives in my heart, and that same spirit that hovered over this planet before it was created, the same spirit, that was given to them church on the day of Pentecost. The same spirit that knocked Paul off his donkey, that had Peter walking down the streets and his shadow would overflow, uh, just move over people and they'd be healed. I'm talking about the same spirit, ladies and gentlemen, that told Noah to build an ark and get in it and go. The same spirit that dealt with a man named Abraham to get up and leave where he was for no reason. The same spirit that dealt with Joseph and gave him a dream and he became the great one, second in command of the greatest nation that ever was. The same spirit that dealt with David when he was a young one that he killed a bear and he killed a lion. He saw a Goliath and the spirit of the Lord came out down in him and what did he say? That literally, that little fiery red-headed boy said, Well, who is he to speak against the armies of the Lord? I'm talking about the same spirit that took a rock and took that giant out and put David as king. Amen. I'm talking about the same spirit that whenever Elisha was taken up into 
heaven, uh, excuse me, Elijah was taken to heaven. Elisha said, before you go, I want a double portion of what you got. That same spirit that got put on Elisha is here in this house, and it's in your hearts. Amen. Tonight it is. This same spirit that carefully put our Savior into little Mary, and she was born, Jesus was born of a virgin. The same spirit, whenever Jesus turned 30 years old, what happened after the baptism? He was full of the spirit, and what? The spirit drove him into the wilderness. He was tempted by the devil uh, after his 40 days of not eating. I don't know how. It was supernatural to go eating without 40 days, i got to tell you. This same spirit, and when he came out of that, the Bible says he was strong in the spirit of the Lord. It's the same spirit, amen. And I got good news to tell you right now. After he came out, when he came out of that tomb, ladies and gentlemen, that same spirit that started our Savior's blood circulating back in his body, he was dead. He was dead. But he started breathing again. His heart started beating again. That same spirit that rose Jesus from the grave is the same spirit, amen, that's in this house right now. You've got to believe it. You've got to accept it. You've got to take hold of it. You've got to run with it, amen, knowing that that same spirit is in you and in you and in you and in you, the same spirit that brought our Savior back from the dead, the same spirit that came down in that church, the same spirit that ministered to the world, they turned the world upside down. That early church did. That's the church that I, you know, if I'm not like them, I haven't made it yet. You know what I mean? And the same spirit's moving today. I'm going to share this with you, and I'm going to close. Brother Greg Atkins was preaching a revival. I was watching it on Facebook Live. I like it now that we can, and hopefully we're going to do this here pretty soon, but I like it that you can watch five church services now. I have my church, and then I can get on Facebook and watch five other churches and see what they what happened in their church. I, I watch all the where all my friends go around here, you know. And I was watching Brother Greg. He was, he was preaching at a revival or something, conference. I don't know what it was. It was at the end, and he shared this story. This is a true story. They were at a graduation celebration, and apparently they were near a creek or a river, and some of the kids were getting in the river and having fun and playing. And one of the little girls that was in the creek, I guess it was kind of deep. I don't know what she got into, but she got stuck. Ladies and gentlemen, she was under the water for five minutes. Her body went lifeless. Remember Brother Kevin that came and preached for us? Brother Greg's associate pastor and the one that me and uh, Sister Kim got to come and do our uh, outreach. You know, he's big on outreach. We learned a lot from him uh, that day. Brother Kevin finally dove under the water and he kicked her as hard as he could. And finally got her free from whatever she was tangled in under that water. Panicked. The whole church is panicked. Five minutes. She's been under the water. Her body is lifeless. She's not breathing. She's white as a ghost. She's on the shore. 
Three minutes go by. She doesn't move. Nothing's happening. They're all back there stunned at what's happened. Just in like that. They're having a good time, and now their world's turned upside down. Brother Kevin, Brother Greg, they don't know what to do. They're trying to wrestle with her. And Brother Greg said, it sounded like they were singing. Behind him, he heard his folks. They started speaking in a language they didn't understand. As though they were all singing together. They began to pray and call out on a God who is real. Ladies and gentlemen, He is a real God and He does really big things. Finally, a lady in the back, it wasn't even Brother Greg. It was someone in the church. You know, the pastors and the preachers and the ministers, I just shared it with you. You have this same spirit in you, ladies and gentlemen. You don't know what you can do. Amen. And it ain't you. It's what the Lord does through you. Five minutes she's been in the water. Three minutes she's been on the shore. There is no life in her. And one of the ladies says, Death, let her go. You have no power here. And when she said that, that little girl split up blood. She started breathing. Life came back inside of her. Ladies and gentlemen, this church still raises people back from the dead. If you don't believe that, you're not paying attention. Amen. The Bible tells us that we are to be a mighty church in this world. Amen. I don't care what the politicians have to say. I'm not really crazy about what the government has to say. I don't care what the liberals have to say about us. I'm not interested in any of that. They don't shake me in the least bit. I know that this God and this same Spirit has power to bring people back from the dead. And not only that, He's going to bring your lost loved ones back in this church. He's going. You're going to see them come back to life because... Because not only does this spirit bring a dead girl back to life, it also brings that dead spirit back to life. You're going to watch them. They're going to come up to an altar, and they're going to say, God, would you wash me in your precious blood? And whenever they say that, the Spirit of God is going to go in there, and their spirit man is going to come back to life right now. I know they're dead in the spirit. They're gray. They ain't got no life. Amen? There's no life in them. But I believe in this spirit of God. I believe he has all power and he can do all things amen I can't wait to see it amen I don't want to name names because I don't want to embarrass nobody but it's going to be something awesome when they come in this house amen you've been praying I've been praying we've been praying they're out there they're dead in their trespasses Amen. And I don't know where they are and what they're doing right now. But I just believe with all my heart that God's going to bring them back into this house. They're going to hear Dad preach about a Jesus that loves them. They're going to get up and they're going to come to an altar. And their spirit man's going to come back to life. The Bible calls that being born again. Amen. And when you're born again, you are a new creature in Christ, transformed. They will no longer be who they are. And they won't be doing what they're doing now. Amen. Because the spirit of the Lord will bring them back to life just like that little girl do you believe that guess what it's in your heart could we stand with me if you don't mind somebody come to the piano i'm just going to ask you tonight if you don't mind just to come to the altar this is one of those messages where you just come to the altar and you just raise your hands 
and thank God and ask the Lord, say, Lord, I believe that this same spirit is in me. is the one that was during creation. It was the one during the day of Pentecost. God, it was the one that brought and healed every single person in this scripture back to life and healed them. Amen. Come on. You can come to the front and raise your hands. And I want it to be operating in me. <laughs> 